If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio. Good morning. morning. We want to talk about the saving gospel today. And, you know, when we say the word gospel, uh, people think of Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I think. Well, there's a lot of good information there concerning the Messiah, the birth, and a lot of history, and lots of other things. But um, actually, the gospel message is more than the gospels. Um, we really see the gospel message beginning and, and marching forward in, in the record of the Acts of the Apostles and on through the epistles and on it goes. And our communion meditation was the gospel. I mean, those are the sorts of uh, sort of dialogue that we have concerning the gospel message. Why is the gospel message from heaven, and I believe that's where it came from, the most important words you will ever hear? It's a question. You need to answer it in your own mind. You need to know the answer. And you know, the Bible is the only place that you can be taught just how important it really is. Looking at Romans, the letter to the Roman church in the first verse, and then I want to jump over to verse 16 and 17 to, to take us off here on the four quick points I want to make concerning the gospel. The first verse, as Paul opens his letter, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Remember those words. 16 and 17, he goes on to say, For I, the apostle, am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is revealed a righteousness of God from faith unto faith. As it is written, but the righteous shall live by faith. You know, verse 1 of this letter 
shows us that God is the source of the gospel. God is the source of the the good news. You know, that Greek word uh, for gospel is used in one, one place I know of that, that simply refers to a person coming with a good message information-wise. Gospel is good news. And good news from heaven is the best news you'll ever have. And verses 16 and 7 show forth um, and further, I might add, the dynamics of the gospel is the power of God. The aim of the gospel, salvation for mankind. The extent of the gospel to everyone believing. And the outcome of believing and having faith in the gospel is living out of faith in this physical realm. The future for men and women in this world, apart from the gospel of Christ, is tears and disappointment. Not only in this life, but certainly in the the time to come. The good news from heaven has great purpose in our lives. as we had in our communion meditation, to avoid the penalties of sin. We hear that good news from heaven. There is a way. There is a way. The first point is, is this. The gospel makes sinners sons. Well, sons, sons of God. That's the goal. Sonship. Family tie with God. Back to God. Relationship that was estranged is now brought together. In Ephesians chapter 2, I'm reading from the uh, American Standard simply because it works better up here for me. Um, Very much like the new, but Ephesians chapter 2, I'll start with verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you that once were afar off are made nigh in the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who made both one and break down the middle wall of partition, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments in ordinances that he might create in himself the two, one new man making peace, and might reconcile them both in one body unto God through the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And he came and preached peace to you that were afar off, and peace to them that were nigh. For through him we have both our access in one spirit unto the Father. Verse 19 is the key. So then you are no longer, are no more strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. But how? Only through the gospel. Only through the gospel message that you hear and the message that you obey do you have that relationship 
the sonship question, the promise that was made to Abraham and down through the Jewish people. And they come to realize that it was the promise of sonship that was key to their life, not the promise of ownership of this side of the Lake of Galilee or the other. Join heirs with Christ. That's how sinners are made sons, through the gospel. Also, the gospel makes sons, sons of God, they become servants. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And just look at verse 14. And in this we're going to find about the idea of sons being made servants. Remember that. 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. He's talking to Christian people here. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you present yourselves as servants, Unto obedience, his servants you are whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience to the gospel, by the way, unto righteousness. But thanks be to God that whereas you were servants of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching whereunto you were delivered, Through 19, and being made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you presented your members as servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now present your members as servants to righteousness unto sanctification. A slave and a servant of righteousness. I would rather be a slave and a servant of righteousness than of anything else. It's a place of peace. It's a place of safety. Reminds me of under the wing of God. uh, That sort of thinking. To be, a, to be a servant in the master's house has a certain comfort zone that I think we all feel as we live in Christ. And by the way, that, that phrase there, that form of teaching, that form of teaching is something that I guess maybe it's easier to, for some folks to accept than, than uh, religious words such as obey the gospel or something of that sort. But that form of teaching is the apostolic message. It's all about Jesus. It's about his life, death, and burial and resurrection. And then those things that, 
as he said, go out, uh, preach the gospel, and, and uh, make disciples for me, baptizing them, and teaching them everything that I commanded you, the apostolic message. And we start here, and we go on. We progress. So the gospel makes sinners sons, and it makes sons servants, but it also makes servants students. If we go to 2 Timothy, we find uh, some good teaching concerning students. I think Timothy was a great student of the gospel, a great student of the apostles' messages and the teachings. And we'll look at two, um, 2.15 to start with. <clears throat> As the apostle uh, writes to the evangelist, he says, Give diligence to present thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, handling aright the word of truth, which has the connotation of, of clearing a, a, clear a path that people can see clearly the word of God and the promise of God. That's the connotation. Removing the obstacles in people's lives that they can obey the gospel. And how did God do this? Paul's words to Timothy. I think he was a good student of the apostles. And if we go to just the first couple verses in this second chapter, we find Paul telling us how these things are accomplished. Thou therefore, my child, be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which thou hast heard from me, among many witnesses, the same commit, to thou, uh, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. God's way. The apostolic message, the, the program or pattern for the gospel to go from day to day. If you're a servant, you're a student. The gospel makes students saints. Saints of God. Uh, there's a lot of saints in this world, but I'm not sure they're all of God. Um, I've heard a lot, of, a lot about saints. Um, very confusing to a, a large part. In Philippians, the first chapter, we have the word used. I wanted to share that with you. Philippians, as Paul opens his letter to the church there, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Well, see, Paul was a servant too. To all the saints in Christ Jesus that are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, you could preach about three sermons out of just that right there. It's a wonderful message. To know the gospel is to live forever and ever in the kingdom of God with the saints. Because you see, the saints are the ones that will live in God's kingdom, the never-ending kingdom. 
Let's go to uh, looking at this and considering this word, uh, the gospel again. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 real quickly. 1 Corinthians 15, the first couple of verses, we, we speak about the gospel. The Apostle Paul announcing this to the church there. Now I make known unto you, brethren, the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you received, wherein also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached unto you, except you believed in vain. Well, he's hoping none believed in vain, for sure. But is that clear enough concerning the gospel in your life? I think it should be. It's very clear. The gospel is necessary for life. A life that we can live in this realm, the physical realm, and certainly a life lived forever and ever as a saint in the kingdom of God. Apart from these bodies, apart from the physical aspects, but not apart from the reality of all that really is. What is a saint? By definition, uh, it's one belonging to God, one devoted to God, his God, the creator. One living uh, according to the will of God for his life or for his task at that time. That's what a saint is. I, I defined that word saint while I was uh, doing my Daniel class last week because I had a little thing about how the word saint's rather important in the book of Daniel as it refers to the New Testament and other places. Um, uh, what a saint meant to Daniel and what it means uh, to the church. I'm going to read it one passage, and let's go back to 1 John to clarify this. You see, when it comes to this issue of the gospel and sainthood, um, the idea is, what is our relationship with God? And I think it's important. 1 John chapter 1. And listen to the words of the apostle. That which was from the beginning, that which we have heard, that which we have seen with our eyes, that which we beheld and our hands handled concerning the word of life, and the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare unto you the life, the eternal life, never-ending life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you also, that you may have fellowship with us. Yea, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write, that our joy may be made full. What is the apostle saying? 
the relationship we need through the gospel as saints comes to us from the apostolic message, the gospel. Our fellowship is as we believe what was preached and spoken concerning Christ makes us have fellowship with the the apostles themselves and certainly with the church so that we can have that fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. If you're not a saint today, if your friends are not saints today, what are you and what are they? You see, unfortunately, it's a very clear division. And we should see it clearly. And we shouldn't shy away from the fact that there is a major division. To be a saint, to be obedient to the gospel, is a place where you are. It's who you are, and it's certainly where you live. So if you're not there, where are you? The subject, I guess the answer that I want to bring to you, another answer is this, obey the gospel of Christ and be blessed. I use that word blessed in the context that is used in the Bible. Being blessed, as Jesus speaks of it, is content in spirit, settled, settled, yourself settled in your mind and heart. Blessed is also... uh, defined as well spoken of by God. To be obey the gospel, we certainly are spoken well of by our Creator. The gospel message is important. It must continue. If it, if it does not continue, what will be the outcome in this world and in, in within the people we know? You feel a little weight on your shoulders? I think you should. Those would be my words today. We'll have our song of invitation, of consideration this morning. Lord, dismiss us with thy blessing. Anyone know this? 